0: what's good everybody i'm joe this is your daily shot of inspiration weekend interview series thank you so much for being here with me today thank you so much for being here for listening to the podcast for being part of the show for being part of the community i want to give a huge shout out to all of the subscribers that subscribe to the podcast yes you can subscribe to the podcast and support the podcast by buying me a cup of coffee a month $3.99 a month, I think it is, $3.99, and that gets you ad-free episodes, special bonus content. My intention is to put out a special bonus episode once a week, and I'm working on some other fun things with my producer-slash-partner, Tina, for you all as well, so be on the lookout. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can subscribe, head to Spotify. You can only subscribe in Spotify, but if you head to Spotify, hit that subscribe button, and you will get all of the goodies. Before we get into this episode, I want to let everybody know, because I'm really excited about this, on March 11th from 2.30 to 4.30, I will be at Palo Wellness in South Philly teaching a Kundalini Energetic Yoga Upgrade class. It's going to be a really fun afternoon of mantra, movement, meditation, setting intentions for the spring. So if you are around in south philly or philadelphia south jersey wherever you want to take a road trip on march 11th, come hang out come practice with us i would suggest going to the palo santo yoga website I'll put the link in the show notes that you could sign up you can register save your spot we're going to, we're gonna sell this one out that is the intention so if you want to come move your body and connect and of course we'll also be pulling oracle cards Register soon before it sells out. Along with that, and I can't believe that I'm saying this in like the first weekend of February, but the March Being Seen Mastermind group will most likely be back. So I'll be looking for five to six people that are looking to shine your light out into the world. We're going to be talking about content, creating podcasts, putting yourself out on TikTok and Instagram, and really allowing yourself to be seen. The link to find out more information is down below in the show notes. It will take you to my website that will explain the whole program for you. And I'm keeping these groups really small, five to six people. So if you're interested in being part of this, we get together every Thursday night in March from 7 to 8.30 p.m. And we literally we explore your why why do you want to put yourself out into the world and we actually start creating content as well and the five six of us in the group we share we critique we uplift we support it's really a lovely way to take that step to start putting yourself out into the world with a community of people so you don't have to do it alone and the monday night manifestation mastermind group will also be back in march this is just a rolling monthly manifestation mastermind group. It's $100 for the month. We get together every Monday night from 7 to 8 p.m. It's really, really powerful and supportive. So if you want to get in on the March group, the link for that is also in the show notes. So today I'm talking with Meg Calvin. Meg is a writing and marketing coach who helps writers do the deep spiritual work to create their Amazon best-selling books. After 15 years as a minister, Meg began serving non-fiction and memoir writers. Meg works with spiritually-attuned go-getters, a writer who doesn't only have a high frequency of service to others, but also believes that ambition is holy and that birthing a book is truly a divine process. Through her intuitive gifts, time-tested writing and marketing techniques, and, at times, unconventional practices, she guides writers in unblocking those deep subconscious blocks around identity, time, and their unique riding style. At these... As these become unblocked, the rider becomes unstoppable. My friends, this is a great conversation. It's a lot of fun. We do talk a lot about being an ex-Holy Roller, and the way... We all create these limiting beliefs or reasons and excuses of why I can't share my gifts, why I can't write my story. Friends, we are all on this planet to share our story. Our story is our gold. Please stop holding back with these crazy ideas that God doesn't want me to do this. God doesn't want me to shine my light. God wants you to shine your light. God wants you to shine your light really bright and I'm sorry to say it this way but if you are going to some kind of church or part of some kind of religion and they are literally trying to keep your light dim you need to walk out you need to leave that place there's no religion there's no faith there is no God on this planet that wants you to live small that wants you to dim your light so if you're going to a church and there is a pastor up in front of a group of people telling you to dim your life that it is being prideful or boastful or any kind of other silly shit to get you to dim your light, get up and walk out. You're on this planet to let your light shine. Do not let your light be dimmed. Enjoy this conversation. Thanks for being here. And please, as always, like, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. If you want to work with me or Meg in any kind of way, please hit the link in the show notes and connect with us. Thanks for being here, and now enjoy this conversation. Hey everybody, I'm Joe. This is your Daily Shot of Inspiration weekend interview series, and today I am with Meg Calvin. Hello, Meg. Meg is an author. You heard the intro. We're just going to get into it. But, well, I'm get, Meg, I'm going to throw this right at you because I saw it on your site, and I have to. I have to. Ex-Holy Roller. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yes. Come
0: on. Um, yes. So I, I was raised evangelical Christian. I always love talking with my um, holy rollers, either in it, out of it, been through it, because I think uh-huh. it is an interesting space.
1: Interesting. Have been part
0: of If you're in it or if you've been in it, um, I'm open. <laughs> I, I mean, I joke around and say me and Jesus are old friends. We're homeboys.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but some of us, we just don't see eye to eye. But please tell me, ex-holy roller.
1: 100% right there with you and possibly different wounds or different things to deconstruct because I was raised United Methodist. So as a as a woman, as a female, as a girl, I was pushed toward the pulpit to preach. Um, I started preaching and traveling as a preacher with my missionary grandparents um, when I was 13. So different, but 100% holy roller all the way through. Yeah, 100% worked on a church staff, paid. From his age 17 to 32. Uh huh. Which led to my second book, which everyone gets a big kick out of reading. <laughs>
0: that, is, that is awesome. And while we're there, what's the name of the second book?
1: Oh, yes. Um, I Am My Own Sanctuary How a Recovering Holy Roller Found Healing and Power. And it's what would happen if the comedian Seth Myers and a nun were to conceive a book baby. They would birth this book.
0: Uh huh. So I'm, yeah. I mean, I feel I can probably just ask you a so many questions just about that, and we'll, we'll try to move. But I am curious, uh-huh. what spurred the X?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love that question. I had a feeling you'd ask that, and I thought, Meg, how can you answer this question in a concise, brief way? Um, I always felt that Christianity was telling part of the story, even as a seminary-trained ministry minister. I was always attracted to the metaphysical world, spiritual technologies and practices that now, four years after not being a minister, I are now part of my daily life. I've always, was always hungry for. So 2017, my first book got picked up. That opened the door, as books do, for coaching and speaking at conferences. And I felt, I didn't, ha- I didn't know my clairs yet, my intuitive gifts, which ones were strongest, but I felt a divine nudge. And I told my best friend, I'm not going to be in the church much longer. And then a month later, I told my boss I would be leaving. And then five months later, I did. So I felt the nudge um, that just something different was coming. And with the second book, I can't keep this short. I'm proud of myself. I can do this. With the second book, there's a part on sex and sexuality and purity culture in the church that I was really afraid to write because of judgment and shame. And because I was making every choice in my life based on my Christian mentors at that point, still I was afraid to write this one part of the book. I heard a podcast episode with the Reverend Katie Valentine, who I now work with and I've been learning from since 2019, the the metaphysical Christian, and she talked about how past lives and ancestors speak in our dreams to focus on our dreams. And this was new to me and taboo, and I can't tell anybody I'm listening about past lives. And then the next day, uh, we interviewed my my coworker and I used to host the Listening Chair podcast. We interviewed a modern day mystic from Candler Emory University in Georgia. That does not matter. The modern day mystic said, literally the same, the next day, you must listen to your dreams, your ancestors, because he was a diehard Christian um, through and through. He didn't say past lives, but he said, your ancestors will speak to you in your dreams. So I thought, there might be something here for me I need to listen to. And um, at this point, I knew I had already left the church, but I was scared about this next book coming out. And I know I, I, like most writers experience, there was something the book wanted to say that I was like, no, you can't say that book. And there was this impasse, which is one way that writer's block happens when the book and the entity of the book and you, the 3D human is scared and there's an impasse. So... um, I was sitting with this information from these two podcast guests I was thinking about because Katie Valentine had spoken about birthmarks and my daughter so my daughter gets tons of credit she's eight now but she was four when this happened she gets a lot of credit for making me an ex holy roller and opening my world to the metaphysical world because my daughter and I have a very similar birthmark in the very similar place. It's by our hers is behind her left knee, mine is right, kind of flirting with behind my left knee on the side. But it looks very similar to what those professionals in that field that study past life and birthmark connections, it looks very similar. It looks like a burn, it is a burn mark as they would diagnose that. And so, why does this matter? Because what I know about my ancestors is they go back to Scotland, both sides, maternal and paternal. And on the maternal side, there was a McName couple, that I am their blood, I am them, they are in my blood. They were burned at the stake in the mid-1700s by Catholics for writing Protestant literature that rocked the boat. And I am theirs, and that's all that I knew at that point four years ago. So, back to this moment. I heard these two podcasters talk about dreams, telling me, listen to your dreams. That night, we go to bed, we wake up, and my four-year-old daughter, and this matters for dream interpretation, she was not afraid. But she came walking down the hall and she's rubbing her eyes because she's cute and perfect. She's rubbing her eyes and she says, Mom, I had the weirdest dream. And me being me, I was very excited to analyze this dream with her. <laughs> so I I said, disclaimer, not that all dreams are messages, we all know, but I I said, Tell me about tell me about your dream. And she said, Mom, there were these people with sticks and fire, and they were poking our legs. And chills still overcome me. And I thought, oh this is for me. And I, of course, a 3D mind kicked in. And I said to her, the over analytical human mind kicked in. And I said, are you, you talking about school safety at preschool this week, like fire health, weather safety? Um, She says, tornadoes. And so I call a friend, Jamal Javonji, another amazing life coach. I I told him the situation. And then without missing a beat, he says, Meg, you're not going to be burned this time. Change the book. And then I said, what do I do now? I feel like I've entered a whole different dimension. And he says, you have, and now surrender to it and say you're open. And that opened the floodgates to um, healing lots of things through the metaphysical spiritual world. That was very long, but that's it. That's why no. I'm next.
0: <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I always struggled with the idea of there's so much that makes sense and then there's so much that doesn't make sense. And I just never connected with this fear, like the fear-based reality of it. Hmm. And kind of like looking at this magical, metaphysical side of it as evil or bad. And I would, like, in my little kid brain, would be like, if he did miracles, why can't I do miracles? (laughs) Right? Uh Uh Like, really seeing that, that the whole feeling of, you know, we're created in the image and likeness of God, why are we not allowed to be godlike?
1: Right? Like,
0: why am I being told I'm a sinner, not godlike?
1: Not like heard. I
0: all like I just had that 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 disconnect the whole time. I would poke poke at my parents, and my parents are lovely. They're you know still in it, love the church. My mom um, became went to uh, Bible school when I want to say when she was seventy four. Amazing. And, and, and I, I want to say somebody, I, I was two years, you know. But my mom, you know, she's got her little card that, that she is, you know, if she wants to be a pastor, <laughs> you know, she, and that's great. Uh-huh. Um, but I also feel that there is a bunch of it that's just like I look at it, and I never want to pick on anything, but I do look at it and be like, "What the heck are y'all doing?"
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's so, it's so true. There's so many parts in the Bible that bring up numerology and astrology and oils and stones and Jesus catalyzing the disciples to go and go and do likewise, you'll do more than I ever did. And yes, a hundred percent. And it feels so, I I feel this might not be needed on your show based on what I've I've experienced your show already and who I think your audience is. Um, This might not need to be said, but I, I come to believe all of our souls have different curriculum that I even believe we've agreed to, in a sense, before we even incarnated in this reincarnation. And so the super conservative right-wing evangelical Southern Baptist preacher, what it, the story he's preaching, he's choosing to believe it. And in some odd way, it's serving him. And that is his sole curriculum. And I give him space and the gift of his experience. and um, And I also, like you... <laughs> I have to chuckle sometimes as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, you just gotta go. You know, take it back. I'm I'm a child of the '80s, uh-huh. '90s, and 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 I promise everybody listening, we are gonna we are gonna talk about actual writing and all of this stuff. Um, this is all
1: connected, though. So you're. on, is. It is all, all integrated.
0: The the this one night. Um, at at church, I don't remember how old I was, but there was a group of people coming in to talk about backward masking, which is when you play a record. Oh, yes. Backwards. I now, think at Floyd. this, at uh, uh, Kiss All of It. Uh-huh. And it was this whole night of these people playing records backwards, <laughs> show us that the messages are in there. And I remember sitting there thinking, My little brain would have never said, "Hey, I'm going to play a record backwards because there might be
1: a right." So thanks for
0: planting that seed. Yes. And I I, and I think it was right around the time that like records were no longer, you know, like Mm -hmm. CDs were already out. So Mm -hmm. like technology has already changed. We can't even play this shit backwards anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but. Well, I promise we'll, we'll, we'll jump off, but I do love, (laughs) and I I hope everybody does pick this up because here's two of us, right. That I I feel probably have a very strong spiritual connection Uh to source, to God, That's all of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think of all of us, and I love how you said it, right. Like that pastor, that's, it works for him. Like my parents, it works for them. Uh And that's great. Like find what works for you and own it. (laughs) don't evangelize us though yes don't 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 tell me what's working for you show me
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but don't tell me show me
1: give me me, give me the gift of my experience exactly yes exactly
0: um so now let's talk about some writing have you uh, outside from preaching i'm assuming you've always been writing if you were jumping up were you writing sermons, lectures, all of that. Yeah. And is that what kind of led into your writing career?
1: Yes. Yep. I looking back now and having my clear audience gift, intuitive gift is the strongest aptitude that I have. I had a human design if for listeners that are listening. How had she have that confirmed? No, based more, most importantly, experience has taught me that I have a strong aptitude for the clear audience intuitive gift. But I also had a human and I should say a human design chart reading that goes into your gates affirms and we know that doesn't mean that I don't have the capabilities to tap into the other clairs but clairaudience is my strongest in the subconscious level and the conscious level so it's been interesting to look back over my life and see how that has already I already knew that my soul already has been using that so looking back now as a 13 year old writing sermons that I would then go with my missionary grandparents to conferences and churches and mission trips and I was a show pony and God did good there obviously um, no no regrets everything is as it was meant to be but I, I was a show pony and but I the writing felt different to me and it was touching lives and I so many people would say you can't believe you're only 13 the things you write the wisdom there is older than you are blah 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 looking back now I'm aware that I was, I was I was in a sense channeling and still, um, so um, was writing before then, always loved to write, chose seminary based on curriculum writing and pastoral care and studying how the brain, how the brain works. And originally that was used for, in 15 years of ministry, building strong nonprofit volunteer teams, which I loved. And so, but after the the second book got picked up, so many other holy rollers started coming up to me and saying like it was a secret they had a book on their heart they wanted to write but they had limit. They, they felt bad about it because that would mean that they'd have to self-promote it and that's sinful and they'd have to monetize it and that's extra sinful and then they would have to enjoy it like oh gosh can i can i have the pleasure of writing a book that would be egotistical of me so they were th- these highly religious people who had really healing books within them they're never going to birth those books because of their religious indoctrinations. So that led me to serving them three years ago. That
0: literally just hurt my heart.
1: Oh, Mine too.
0: That idea that I have this to share, (laughs) but because of these silly reasons, right? But if you have it, if it's inside (laughs) of you to share, right. And like you said, you know, uh, when you were a little girl writing no sermons, you didn't know that you were channeling yeah. right uh-huh. but and most likely, right when my mom writes her stuff, she's yeah. channeling that one hundred
1: percent yeah,
0: right and again, it's just like the the lingo
1: uh-huh.
0: um the the words that we use, but if if we God I just want us all to be like, take take get that whole idea of the evilness yes out uh-huh. and let that our heart be open, right uh-huh. but how do you work with Someone that has that, that limiting belief.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Similar to you. I am a trusted guide from the trenches, so I've been there. <laughs> and so every limiting belief that my clients have, um, whether it is I'll lose my authority if I'm too beautiful as a woman, mm-hmm. um, so I can't coach both genders. Or i can't write up my target market can't be both genders because um i'm a woman those kind of beliefs um or it would be wrong of me shadow work it would be wrong of me to want it to get to bestseller on amazon so i've i've been there where where they are and i think um self-trust which also in some christian circles or some of my clients come from even that is a limiting belief of I I can't trust myself. I can't trust myself to get have too big of an audience. I can't trust myself um, to post something that could be considered narcissistic. And so we shadow work comes in a lot, a lot. And this idea that what if people think I want attention? Oh, God, what if my pastor thinks, what if my Sundays, what if my small group teacher thinks I want attention? So we sit with that and we go to the bottom of it. Of shadow work realizing you i do want attention and isn't it good for the collective consciousness isn't it good for the individuals isn't it good for the readers for you to get attention because what do, what do we the best marketing isn't about us it's about our it's our tar, it's about our target market so the best the best marketing <laughs> isn't narcissistic at all it is all about the roi for your ideal reader and so then when you take it from that point oh well, my message is is your message one of hope and healing and positivity well, yeah, 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 it is. So don't, don't we want attention on that? Well, yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> so, and, in working through, that comes up all the time. I don't want to be a slimy salesman. I can't, I can't, because I train organic social media marketing and email marketing, promo team, and pre-launch more, all the fun stuff to get it to, be, get your book to bestseller. I don't want people to think I'm a slimy car salesman. It's like, well, are you a climber? Are you, <laughs> are you, are you narcissistic? Like, do we, once we, we get deeper with the questions around a true narcissist that comes up all the time and I I told it too to my coach four to five years ago. A true narcissist doesn't question, doesn't question it. And so helping them and we get to do a lot of unconventional things and that aren't don't feel like writing. Like go watch the Dolly Parton documentary and then come back and let's talk about the divine feminine in Dolly Parton's career or let's let's dance Or let's journal, let's do a guided meditation. Um, Lots of unconventional things. I was going to land the plane, but the the plane took off again. Land the plane, Meg. I was going to land it. Um, Oh, once they, that was too loud, sorry. Once there is confidence built in the author around self-trust, they know that if I'm about to do a post on my book, because they learned 12 to 16 post types, if I'm about to do a post, I'm yeah, as one that's striving to be aligned every day. I can check in and know. Hold up. What's my motive behind this post? What's my energy? Is it vengeful? Is it, it what? It oh, I want. I want shadow work. I want attention. Oh, what do I want attention for? How my book can help others. Well, darn it, post that sucker and get attention. <laughs> so they can trust themselves to know their motives and move accordingly. So that's a little a. a Part of the answer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hard, hard work. Good work. Right. Um, But all all of this work is hard and it's going to stretch us and probably Uh make us feel uncomfortable. That's where the change is. Yeah. We got to be in that space of being vulnerable enough to be uncomfortable Uh to change. And to to look at, I've been exploring this idea of like, love languages. What, yeah. What's your soul language? What does, what, how can we feed our soul? Uh-huh. And when we figure out the things that our soul needs, one of them, for me, is being seen. Uh-huh. Part of why I do what I do. It took me I a long you. time to realize it. But uh-huh. once I realized it and start owning it, right? not just like, I have a podcast, and I, I make these TikTok or Instagram videos, but being like, no, this is part of what I do. Uh-huh. Because it actually feeds my soul. In owning that, is changed everything. Mm-hmm. Has it changed my perspective on the way I'm looking at it, the way I'm working with things. So it's like if we can figure out the way to find out, you know, what what kind of food does our soul want to be fed and then do those things? Mm-hmm. Amazing things happen because Amazing. then it's like we can get rid of that whole light because we're not on this planet to suffer. We're not on this planet to 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 be in a space of scarcity. We live uh-huh. in a land of abundance. So we can be like, this is what my soul. This is literally what feeds my soul. And when my soul is fed, I get to feed Jeez. the other souls. Yes, but it's like we go looking all over the place to figure out. And again, like I said, like it's just recently that I'm Uh like, oh, right, this is this is how my soul likes to be fed. But we got to uncover and do that shadow work. And in Uh that when someone says, oh, I want to be seen. When people say that to me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we've got now we know where we're going. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we Uh know that now we can do these little things. And I said this a couple of weeks ago talking to somebody. As I realized this, I looked back at my life and the different jobs that I had. And I waited tables once and I loved it, loved it without realizing why. But I loved it because every table saw me. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I was yeah. like, I was performing every table I went to. I was being a <laughs> performer and of course they saw me, but I didn't realize that that's why I was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So it's like finding those things, just those little things yeah. that that could then kind of push us. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, that was pretty silly for me to think that. Like, I was literally holding holding my, myself back. Um,
1: May I ask, was there a time in younger life when it it wasn't safe to want to be seen or to be seen? Were you ever told, like I was, that you were too much, that you needed to quiet down?
0: Uh, I, in, in with my work that I've recently been doing, I don't think I was ever told to calm down. I think I just kind of, Picked it up because Mm -hmm. I I feel like I've been talking about this a lot on the on the shows, but it's been recent. Right. It's been in my. Yeah. It's been been top of mind. But my mom sent me a bunch of pictures of myself when I was a little kid being silly, dancing with my mom to the thriller dance. Um, A picture of me before a fifth grade dance dressed in a uh, in a Miami Vice white suit. And it brought back these memories of this little kid that liked to have fun, that liked to dance, that liked to sing but as I grew up and I think I just did it to my I don't recall anybody saying anything but it was kind of like I went not I want to sing and dance but I'm gonna I'm gonna be seen on a football field like it's safe to be seen in this because I'm a boy uh-huh. right and I think that was just something that just from the world around me that uh-huh. I got to like that 12 13 year old like the fifth grade dance was awesome but by seventh grade right them were all like changing so paranoid (laughs) the the boy the boy girl dances the boys are on one side of the room the Uh girls are on the other side of the room right that fifth grade dance nobody cared yet we didn't know we were still young and having fun but then it's like we got to seventh grade and i felt like that is when like i kind of got it in because now i'm like what am i fitting in what are they saying what are they thinking what are they doing so that that little kid that enjoyed being silly and dancing and singing he he went to sleep
1: uh-huh. and then this
0: safe space right it was safe uh-huh. to be seen on the football field so that that came out i although remind in...
1: oh those the oh, no, i was
0: going to say although inside right uh-huh. that he wanted to be seen like i would sit in my room and sing all by myself but i wouldn't sing outside <laughs>
1: I'm reminded as you're sharing some of the deep work that I got to do myself and now guide my clients through is built on the Carl Jung quote, until we make the subconscious conscious, you probably know this one, it will rule, it will rule our lives and we call it fate. So the magic that happens, and I always say my clients birth books and more importantly, they birth breakthroughs. We, there is always some subconscious story running about their identity and for and for me speaking from my experience it was it it was not i i it was not safe for me to be my full self it was not safe for to me from for me to trust my desires and so i know that's a lot but i won't open those can of worms but subconsciously what that led to was me playing very small and me not being loud and expressive, me like you um, not enjoying the pleasure of wanting to be seen and then creating opportunities to be seen. And that we call that Christian piety. So it worked well for me. I was really impressive to a lot of people. But I got to get clear on there's this subconscious story running inside of me that, that has kept me safe, kept me alive in my relational systems until now. And it was the best I knew how to do as a child and teenager to survive in the setting I was in. But that was then, this is now, that I am safe to be fully seen. I am safe to want all the attention because I was I was designed and made to inspire and to catalyze and entertain, period. And I am safe to trust my desires. I'm safe to turn on, open the door for the divine feminine, to come in and and woo me, to nurture me, to inspire me, to hold me and trust the desires that is that divine feminine pleasures of all kind and that's been a really neat space to work in with a lot of clients regardless of anatomy retapping into the divine feminine and wow. so um for one one client in particular was a retired military guy and community organizer and a more conservative leaning christian pastor and um was struggling to to make his word count goal, was struggling to post every week. And we did all the practical things about time management and time hacks. And so we were sitting with it and um, I want to keep this short. Uh, so I'm pausing to edit my thoughts. What ended up working best for him without sharing too much of that journey was um, loving and nurturing himself in the week. It had kept him alive to be not an integrated person with knowing when to let the divine feminine lead in his life, when to let the divine masculine lead, but he was 100% divine masculine all the time. And so um, what we got to do that started really working well for him, for writer's block and making time for what he wanted to do and not just being a people pleaser as it looks really good on pastors when they are that and he was that, but he started playing flute again 15 minutes a day. And so that was one of the things that we celebrated every week on our Zoom call was, did you play flute? How many times did you play flute? Because for, for him, and for I think everybody, music is very much in the divine feminine. To play it, not all of it, of course, but to feel it, to make it, he would receive that divine nurturing love and pleasure and nurturing for himself. And that, of course, tapped into the sacral chakra, which we know holds creativity and sexuality, um, same place. And which a lot of Christians are like, Oh God, but it's (laughs) same, same energy, same energy. And so so when he tapped that flute exercise, totally healed so much in him and got him over his writer's block and helped him with his scheduling. It was all integrated. It was, um, so that's been an interesting writer's block area to tap into. I have forgotten how to have fun. I have forgotten how to ask for help. I have forgotten how to receive pleasure of all kinds and um, so helping mostly those are those are very devout Christian clients. So helping get through those limiting beliefs, um, which is all divine feminine work. And it's it's been amazing. It's really fun.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love the divine feminine. I feel very blessed that um, from being right, the, the the young creative that I didn't know uh-huh. I was the creative. Right. And then becoming this athlete, right, going like very masculine. Uh-huh. Still, with this creative side inside that it. It yes. really didn't kind of mash mesh up because I didn't uh-huh. understand. Um, and then, in my adult life, about twenty years ago, I started practicing Kundalini yoga,
1: uh-huh. and
0: Kundalini is all about awakening the divine feminine energy within. And now I didn't know that when I started practicing, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I joke, and I'm like, Kundalini yoga made me a nice, kind, loving man uh-huh. because it helped me balance the my divine masculine and divine feminine and it got me into that creative space Uh and it opened all of that up and same with your client and the flute i play the guitar i don't play very well but i've been playing a long time and it's so relaxing so like every day i'll sit down and i'll just play sometimes Uh for 15 minutes sometimes i'll get lost in it Uh but it is it's just like this beautiful release and usually, depending on the instrument, you're doing so many different things with your fingers, your hands, your toes, your mouth. Mm-hmm. You get, lo- you know, it's a beautiful meditation
1: 100%. because
0: you have a single point of focus, uh-huh. right? So it's like bringing it back to that creative juice. I can totally see that opening up writer's blocks and uh-huh. and you know things that just stop us. And I could only imagine. With this question that I'm going to throw at you, do you find that the writer the writer's block stems from other kinds of, like, blocks and or obstacles within their life, like an unconscious, subconscious kind of block?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, 100%. 100%. And so we will, we will say, I don't, I, I can't write a bestseller in six to 12 months because I'm a busy parent and I don't have time. But that's usually never the case. It, it, it's always something deeper and so deeper in subconscious. Um, yes, either around I have um, it would be sinful of me. I think I've mentioned some of them already. Uh, it would be sinful of me to monetize this. It would be sinful of me to want to mon- to want money, to that abundance mindset would be sinful of me. It would be sinful of me to take time away from my spouse or my kids to write. Like three hours a week? Like what kind of mom does that? I can't, that would be sinful. And so that subconscious story is running. For, I've forgotten how to have fun um, because when I put my needs first, that is also sinful. And so me writing is, from the clients I serve, I, I don't ghostwrite. I don't want. I've been asked to, I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, I want to catalyze the author that the idea has chosen to come through. So they ought, the clients I've worked with been so blessed fortunate 33 and three years all those threes what what they writing is pleasure for them and so a deep a deep subconscious block is i have forgotten how to have fun and that's divine feminine i have forgotten how to receive pleasure of all sorts it's all connected and so that's another i i don't know why that keeps coming up in this conversation sorry uh someone 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 listening needs to hear that but that's yeah. a big call co- yeah it, i it, I've it, forgotten how so to have fun. yeah mm-hmm.
0: And it's, it's, again, it's another one of those things that's super sad Mm -hmm. because we're here to have fun. Right. We we are on a spinning rock floating through space and time. Mm -hmm. And in my belief structure, in my reality that I live in, I feel that the spinning rock is both heaven and hell. And Uh we have the opportunity, (laughs) right? To Mm -hmm. pick it. Our streets can be paved with Mm gold, or they can be paved with crap. It's up to us. And we have to have fun, yes, to experience it and do it. That's why we. That's why we won the lottery of life.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what oh, is? Oh, I so- thought of
1: another unlimiting belief. Sorry, the other limiting belief that comes up a lot is, "I'm not smart enough. Uh, I'm not smart enough to write an Amazon best selling book." Yeah. And so we get to work through that too. That's a yeah. strong one too. Okay,
0: I can I can see that coming up a lot. Yes, um, it, that was a, a big thing for me on just writing in general. Just mm-hmm. being like, I'm afraid to write, thinking that. Someone might say, that comma doesn't go there. That punctuation <laughs> isn't right. Just from, you know, a bad experience with English teachers in uh-huh. my in my youth. Uh-huh. But now, like, wait a minute. There is so much technology out there that can actually do that for me. I'm going to write my words. Yes. But it, it's going to put my, my punctuation in there exactly where it needs to go. Yes. And... And that, it's freed up and literally gotten me out of my head of being like, oh, I can't write. To now, like, oh, I like writing. I enjoy writing. I enjoy expressing myself that way because it took that little worry Uh away. Uh I can probably guarantee that nobody was ever saying, could you believe Joe didn't put a period there?
1: (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. I I have a question for you. I have not. Have you read Big Magic? I have not yet. I'm, I'm I, sure you I have. I have not. I've, I've yeah. heard a
0: lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, about I, it, but I have not read it.
1: So apparently, this was just told to me. Oh, I don't know who it was. Someone told me this week to read it, and they said that she has Gilbert, who I love, has this belief that an idea chooses you, and then if you don't jump on it, it goes away to someone else. And I, I, from my clients that I've worked with, the idea usually has been sitting there, two to seven years. And it's just been sitting there. And then the more they trust it and the more the idea feels safe, seen and heard and loved, it gets louder and louder. But it doesn't it doesn't leave. And so maybe may, um, I won't get into that. Um, but do you do you what are your thoughts on that? That the idea if you don't act it leaves.
0: So I. F- are you familiar with Joe Dispenza?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. OK,
0: so Joe Dispenza talks about the divine matrix and this uh. hurts my head. He says the divine matrix is this space that holds everything and nothing. So it's like the space of creation. And when we can bring ourselves to a point of the way Joe Dispenza says, being no body, no person, no place, no thing, right? Like drop into the matrix. We can literally create anything we want. Now, with that being said, I feel that there is this matrix. There's this floating around of yeah. everything. Uh-huh. And when we're in that right moment, when we are, right, we can be like, I got it. I know, like I just got that download. And it's up to us to take that, to take it and and run with it. Uh-huh. So I heard the story once and I need to research again to find out the, the songs. But at one point, Michael Jackson woke up in the middle of the night and woke up his manager or bodyguard or whoever and was like, we got to get to the recording studio right now. And you're like, Michael, it's three in the morning. Go back to bed. We'll go first thing.
1: Three in the yeah. morning. Holy time.
0: And, and, and Michael Jackson said, if we don't go to the studio right now, Prince uh-huh. will record this song tomorrow. That gave me the chills, just saying. Just got chills. So it's like, and I thought that was so interesting because it's like Michael Jackson, completely different level of person right oh, completely different level but you know her. like these two dudes yeah. on there you know and when I heard them, like yeah yeah that I he knew it he knew that he he is getting his information his ideas from source whatever you want to call source
1: but and her. that
0: that source is being get, that information is being given to the people that can handle it and are ready to take action so if you're ready to take action you best, do you know, but take I, action. And I'll I'll try to 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 find that that video that I saw because I think they say the name of the song that he ended up writing that night. But he did go to the studio and he wrote a song and it probably was a number one song. But along with that, throughout history, there have been multiple inventions that happened right around the same time, but on different parts of the country like different parts oh, of the world.
1: Yes. I have have I have experienced that too, as I've read so, in history.
0: So it's, I, I totally feel that like when we set our intention,
1: uh-huh.
0: right, like I'm going to write a book about, uh-huh. I am going to write a book about the soul, whatever, right? Our soul, some, I, I know it's there. Like I just got to yes. figure out how to, how to actually say it. Did uh-huh. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, it, like I know that it's there and I feel that the people that are, have the intention of, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a song, I'm going to do this. They're p- opening themselves up to get into the vortex, that divine mate, the Holy Spirit, uh-huh. if, if you will, right? That space that has all of the information, that when we're open enough, we can tap into it. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like, how many times do you think you had a great idea in the middle of the night uh-huh. or during a shower or cooking, and you're like, I'll write it down and he never wrote it down, Uh and that idea completely left.
1: Yes, yes, that's, yes. And I would add to that, one of the books that I always recommend to my clients is Happy Pocket Full of Money.
0: Ooh, that sounds yummy.
1: And it goes into (laughs) quantum physics and how energy follows thought, and if an idea is within you to create as a divine co-creator, it is there for two reasons, both equally as important, equally as important, the first to give you joy to co-create it, birth it release it and the second is because someone outside of you has been desperately hungry waiting thinking pining over could someone for the love of god write a book that helps me with blank and they're waiting for someone with your exact experience scars style idea curation of pages format template they want your they're waiting on your exact book and that's why the idea is in and we see that in scripture too First uh, 1 John 110, Jesus is praying to the Father, thanking God for their oneness and praying that others. So there's this, there's this we're all connected as well. And that's that is an answer to a question five hours ago <laughs> when you asked, How do I help writers get over their limiting beliefs? And it's connected here too. Why that ideas, if we don't act on them, they will, they will go because so many, I would imagine the collective consciousness is so hungry to be served by that. That it's like someone birthed this. You're not going to birth it. Okay, I'll go to someone else. Uh-huh. And yes, I, mean, I hold. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was
0: going to say, if you think about how many, right? How many, how many manifestation coaches there are? How many people that, hey. that are right that uh-huh. do the same exact work that we do? Yeah. They're in the, in the same vortex, right? And if they're uh-huh. in check, that idea that I didn't write down, yes, could very easily still be sitting there that that they can pull it uh-huh. and write it down. And I, I'm literally saying all of that for me because literally two days ago I was laying on my couch and it was like a rush of ideas were flowing. And I may have wrote down three Yes. today,
1: <laughs> literally this morning. <laughs> and I'm
0: like, what did I, read? but I was one of those, like, it was Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It may have been a little rainy or cold. I'm like, I'm just going to take a little nap mm-hmm. on my couch. But it was just this, and I'm like, I'll remember this. This is so good. I'll remember, I'll remember. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I remembered two or three of them.
1: Yes. So will some of those make it into your first book? Or is this your first book? I'm so sorry. I did cyber stalk you, but I could be oh, wrong. Oh, no,
0: no, no. There's no book yet. Yeah, okay, the, that's my, what I thought. First book. Oh, no, this was just random ideas about oh, okay, things. Okay, random ideas. I'm, Got it. That I'm doing, <laughs> things that I'm creating. <laughs> the book I'm kind of just sitting, there's a couple different books that are floating around in my head and sitcoms usually, and movies. Yep.
1: <laughs> there usually is. There usually is. And from my experience with authors and myself, they usually want to come out, they have a birth order, the predetermined birth order, and they want to come out in that order. And so it happens all the time. We will be will be pre-launch marketing a book to drop on Amazon and we'll have a week left to make any changes before it's uploaded and the author will say i'm thinking about what i think this needs this and this and this and we'll meditate we'll get clear we'll get in tune with the book and i'll ask the question is this by chance your second book that's ready to that's crowning (laughs) now that you've pushed out the first and it's ready oh yeah yeah it's definitely that okay let's start a book number two google folder and we're gonna we're gonna start this next book and let's just let book number one be what it is and knowing that you'll evolve everything healthy evolves, everything healthy grows, you will evolve, but let's let the first book be exactly what it is. Even if you no longer hold those doctrinal beliefs that you wrote about, hypothetically speaking, I love this example. Let's imagine, chuckling because I'm not, it's not, it's not hypothetical, but we'll say it. Let's imagine there was a famous Christian female mom blogger and New York Times bestseller that made her life, made so much money, built her brand on I'm a woman in a straight marriage, conservative Christian, and that's her target audience. And hypothetically, what if she leaves the church, becomes, um, not becomes, that came out wrong, so sorry, realizes she's a lesbian, falls in love, gets married to a woman, and now writes about this new way of being. Does that mean all of her New York Times bestsellers before that moment are worthless and shouldn't exist because she's not that anymore? No, not at all. They served people and they're still serving people. Like we, these books choose us. We, re, we raise them like children. We birth them, we raise them, we release them to be, and we surrender the outcome and we let them serve who they're gonna serve. One of my best examples to give is Jay Z, of course. After he had children, he was in the interview and the interviewer said, Now that you've had, now that you're a dad, are you going to like, hide and get rid of your songs about um, gang culture and drugs and drug culture? And, and Jay-Z said, no, while my music has changed now, that was who I was then. And that, that serves people and it still serves, even though I'm not going to record those songs now. And, and so I think that's really vital for authors and hopeful authors to keep in mind that everything healthy evolves their ideal reader could change, their genre could change, their creative process it could even change book by book. It could be different. So let's just focus on this book and let it be okay. If every six months you might change your Instagram bio based on your target audience.
0: <laughs> right, right. That that that's a beautiful evolution though, is mm-hmm. as, as well to 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 allow ourselves the space to change. Right, to mm-hmm. the, that freedom. And it's interesting. Same thing with with photography. I look at pictures that I took fifteen, twenty years ago, and first I'll say, "Oh my god, I was so bad," and I'll be like, "I can't believe I what shot is, or I edited okay. that way or I did, you know, like the style. Everything has changed,
1: uh-huh. and
0: that's good, right? That shows my evolution, my progress.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah.
0: And I would think that's what what we want. We want uh-huh. to be. Growing and blooming, and who knows what we're gonna change into? Like, I can't wait to see what what next year, you know, <laughs> looks <laughs> like. You know what what has the podcast trans transformed into next yes. year? Mm-hmm. And just giving it it like, get, and I think it creates the freedom within it as well mm-hmm. to let it like like a child, right? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. who knows what you're going to actually grow up into? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yes we're
0: when... going to change oh, along the way
1: mhm yes i know uh, with my second publishing company i got introduced to that i worked with Choir, i got introduced to lots of people in the religious deconstruction circles and i'm not i'm I don't, I don't write from that place but i have clients that do and some friends that do and there was one that said once she wishes that her books were written in sand because she doesn't believe half the things she wrote and i i see what she's saying but at the same time I go back to the sermon i just gave that um the books aren't they're not us they they choose us we birth them we release them and it's we don't have to cling to them they'll still even if i don't believe things that i taught in either of my books they're still serving readers and they'll continue to serve readers because that's it is the needs of readers that cosmically magically put them and put the idea inside of me and um yeah i everything healthy grows Mm -hmm. It's,
0: I, I, as you were saying that, I was thinking about some of the first people I worked with in manifestation, I probably wouldn't do the Uh same thing. Mm -hmm. I've I've learned new techniques. I learned new things Uh that actually help us connect quicker to our manifestations. Uh But where I was back then is exactly what I needed because most Uh likely I needed to go through the, all of the process to get the manifestation. Uh Um, like this was awesome it was <laughs> so much fun. Uh, so we're going to pull an oracle card and I have okay. one last question for you that is okay. totally from your website and I just I just have to ask because I think it's kind of funny as well.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um how how um how do you think your your background as a master air guitar player helps your coaching?
1: <laughs> you have to you cannot be in your head to play it. well because I'm I am also a guitar player like you, oh, like nice, you nice. are. like you are and and so air guitar you know when a song's really a concert a song on the like the wedding dance floor you know it's really good when you start doing air guitar and um to your listeners okay so it has helped me by getting me out of my head to do that uh-huh. totally divine feminine and then a challenge or not a challenge uh, a gift for your listeners is go youtube bradley cooper jimmy fallon bradley cooper does this whole song air guitar and it it you at the end of it you start to see that he's it looks like he's holding a guitar because his form is so perfect and his fingers are right where on the neck where it should be. It is, it is perfection. It's amazing. <laughs> and there's also, there's also competitions around the world for air guitar. Did you there know this? <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> Which is yeah. Interesting. But when I saw that on your website, I'm like, Oh, I got to work some, some little questions about, about air guitar and, and coaching. Um, all of your links will be in the show notes. Um, Do you have anything coming up that people should know about right away, uh, ways to work with you, any groups or anything happening?
1: Yes. I have a free gift for your listeners. free gift
0: for everybody. That's exciting.
1: Because I'm an amazing podcast guest. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are. It is a training, three ways to make marketing your book more fun and less frustrating. It's a video training. So if you go to megcalvin.com, you click it, say, give me that training. And it'll give you that training and so there's a a free gift and then yes i have spots opening up for the new year that are all about um writing marketing and selling your amazon bestseller paperback kindle and audiobook on audible my team is here to serve you and um yeah we're super super stoked to help people do that in 6 to 12 months is our roi there and their spots opening up for 2023
0: that's awesome. I will link all of that in the show notes, and for everybody's listening there there's a free gift right there. Go scoop that up. And meg, before we we wrap it up, let's see what the nature whisper oracles how how the nature whisper oracles are going to uh, wrap up our okay. our chat. today what? What number is inside of your head? Four. All right. Number four. Oh, this is beautiful. Make a decision. Make. A decision. We're going to have to look at the book and see what the message is about making a decision. But beautiful for everybody, artwork. everybody listening, it's like an angel that's half angel, half earth, kind of, all kinds of stuff. Animals, let's see, make a decision. Make a decision. Yeah, this is one of the most beautiful decks. The deck is Nature Whispers, and each card is just this beautiful work of art. And our special message about making a decision for everybody that's out there saying, I'm to write a book. I should call Meg. Make a decision. Give her a call. And our message, from, <laughs> our message from the book is make a decision. Your sheer determination is highlighted at this time. Your spirit will support your desires and manifestations. The ability to create or destroy has always been within your skill base. You have the wisdom and confidence needed To use these skills constructively Now is the time to act If you know what it is you want to accomplish and why Since the powers of transformation are at your command Change your desires into objectives Your thoughts into actions Your goals into achievements If you have recently met with failure Know that you can change that failure into success The only limits you have are those you impose on yourself That's some good stuff right there. So good. Only limits are the ones we impose on Uh ourselves. Meg Calvin, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story, for sharing wonderful advice with all of us. My pleasure. And um, I, I look forward to seeing how we both grow and bloom in the future. And for everybody that is listening, thank you so much for being here. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Hit the links in the show notes. Check out all of Meg's stuff. Get her books. Listen to her podcasts. And go write your story.